welcome back to another episode of Unfiltered. I'm Yanina Doyle. I'm Jonathan Kleeman. And we are with a beautiful guest today, uh, Sara Bacchiori. Well done. And she, well yes, done. That, that, was a, that was a quiet clap, wasn't it? <laughs> but that was a clap because I pronounced the beautiful Italian last name correctly. I have written it down in, uh, how do you, in phonetics? Phonetics, yeah. yes. I have phonetically <laughs> written it down. That's just how I write normally. Yeah, well, it's normally how how you you we can't trust you with a name. So considering I attack no, I you all be. the time with with pronunciation, I needed I just a, to make sure. I probably get horribly wrong. Yeah, well, that's it. You're out. You're out. Um, so today um, we asked our lovely guest what the theme is going to be, and it has been chosen to be Sanchevese. So stay with us for the next hour, and we're going to be trying three different Sanchevese. And if we're lucky, we've ordered some sausage rolls <laughs> to pair with this, haven't we? Suddenly the food has really gone up swiftly on our podcast. We've gone from getting nothing, really, unless I ordered it, yeah, to yeah. now, now suddenly we keep being treated. I like it. So mm. It's a massive improvement. Yeah, we're very, very excited. So um, I also want to give a quick shout-out as well to Josh. Josh, if you're listening, thank you so much for... Uh, Telling everyone, telling the word, uh, the world on Instagram about our podcast. So, Josh, you need to follow him. He is a fantastic brummy uh, who talks about wine and really good wine. His Instagram uh, name is Word on the Grapevine. So, follow him and get some top tips. So, thank you very much, Josh. And just another quick one: we realise we're not asking any of you for any comments. Any tell us, tell us how amazing we are. Tell us how rubbish we are. I assume don't get a lot of rubbish comments in general. That's but, fine. Uh, we can only improve. So we want to hear from you so please you know unfiltered pcast is our instagram um or you can obviously make a few comments on your app that you're listening to so enough of all that sada welcome hello thank you for having me no no thank you for coming so um i'm really excited to get get to the nitty gritty you know you in london certainly Everyone in the wine world knows who you are. You worked in some really good. You're like, oh, do they? Yes, they do. Oh yeah. Um, you worked in some amazing restaurants as a sommelier. <laughs> now you've moved on to the dark side, as we call it, just like us. Um, so, so tell us, how did you eat? You, you, you're shaking your head. It's not the dark side. It's not exactly. The dark side. I don't. I don't understand why they call it the dark side. We are adorable when we try and <laughs> sell wines. Because when, when, when back when I was the other side of it, I called it the dark side because of sheer jealousy. Oh, okay. Some people, people Friday getting off halfway through the day, yes. having lunch, enjoying life, you know, resentment, so you call it the dark side. That's obviously hilarious. evil people work less, that was obviously my... Uh... But we are simply adorable. Now, Sada, <laughs> I think that I think we need to keep that in mind. The dark side is actually adorable. Um, how did you get into the wine industry? Oh, well... <gasps> oh, so, oh, sausage we, we rolls take a, take a gap, the sausage rolls, and go. I will so, be taking... Uh, sausage rolls with the uh, Thank you. brown sauce. And uh, we, where are we? Would you, you, you are now officially. You might, you might as well do your plug now. Where we are? We are in Gazelic Restaurant and Bar in Fulham. And we have heard that these are the best bar snacks in London. They're, they're, that's what I've been told. Do you agree? I do agree. Do you concur? I concur. Non-biased opinions. Well, I like it's a non-biased opinion. But I think you should taste them. We yeah, are we totally going to taste We will. Totally we will record your reaction to these amazing sauces. Oh, rolls. this is this is going out there. Thank All you right. so cool. much. Cool. Thank, Thank you, James. So, Sarah, very quickly then, uh-huh. <laughs> um, tell us, how did you get into the wine industry? Okay, um, well, I'm Italian, which means that there is a link to, to wine. Uh, every Italian cannot think of a meal without wine <laughs> since a young age, uh, as a matter of fact. Um, don't remember exactly how old I was when I tasted my first wine, but definitely not legal age. That's what we like that. to hear. Okay. Way before that. It's like nine years old in Italy, isn't it? I, I think, think it's less. Yes. <laughs> that might be less. The legal limit. <laughs> Ten years old, whatever. Um, my granddad used to have um, a vineyard, a small vineyard, you know, for home consumption. So I, I literally have been involved in wine since a very young age. Did you make any wine in that vineyard? I did harvest. Did you? Oh, yeah. That's the hard part. It was fun. Was know, it? As, as a kid, it's, you know, that's child labour for free, but it's also... <laughs> Again, um, yeah, if you, if you can work in a vineyard, you can drink the wine. I think that's a fair legal, uh, yes. a fair legal standing, really. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So definitely wine has always been uh, part of my, of my life. And then one day, back in Italy, there was this sommelier course starting and it just you know, matched perfectly with my agenda and I thought, I'll give it a go, let's see, let's learn something. And that's how it all started. So got the qualification in Italy as a sommelier and then, ouch, over 10 years ago now, uh, came to London because back in 2008, 2009, London was the absolute biggest market for wine 
probably in the world, and it might still be. If you want to taste wines that are not Italian, in Italy it's very difficult. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, well, to be honest, it, it, because it's so integrated into your culture, everyone's drinking with every meal, but it, and, and actually, very small places in Italy actually have decent wine, wine lists, don't they, almost, it's, I think? It right? definitely, there's also there's definitely a big appreciation for it, and I remember I spent time when I spent time in Veneto, so it was the same thing, but it's that same like, realisation, oh my god, yes, I can get four glasses of wine and some food for less than 20 euros, it's amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the problem is, there's also the other side, which, we, which I spend most of my time explaining to customers, being direct sales, they go, I can buy this wine in Italy for this price, I go, yeah. Yes, if you fly over to Italy, go to that small region, and yes, you can buy that wine Get for six, six euros a bottle. Go. Yeah. By the time you bring it over into the UK, costs a little bit more than that. And it's, it's interesting when people don't want to understand that, but it's also a big jump. But the same point is the other side, which is you can't, unless you go to a really high-end restaurant, you can't try anything that isn't champagne outside of Italy. You won't yeah. even see a French wine on the list. Absolutely. And it, it's quite similar in France. You see a little bit more Italian wine creep into the cities like Paris or... Well, they have to, because, you know, when any city is more cosmopolitan... But it's still, even when you compare like Paris to London, the the difference in breadth of wine is still massive scale. Well, we're we're lucky. London, I mean, it's saturated. uh, For now. (laughs) Till to October. Well, we'll see, yeah. Yeah. We don't don't mention the B word on this podcast. Um, Very good. Boris Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen Bojo? Bojo. This new Bojo Beaujolais, who who wore it better? Oh, my God. Boris Johnson or Beaujolais. So, Sabi, you came to... To the wonderful town, city, town, the capital, yeah. that little is town. The, the little town that is London, simply because the love of wine, you weren't going to get everything in, yeah. in Italy, right? Well, what happened is was that uh, my new date, because we were dating for six months, being a musician, mm-hmm. he said, "I've got planned a trip to London. If you want to come, take along, you know, do it." And I went, "Yeah, okay, let's do it," because I wanted to. Uh, discover more wines, you know, and he was just the right opportunity. He's still around, so everything worked out. <laughs> so, how, so how long did Wait, he survived? So, so your so ten new years after and two kids. Your new oh, date. Wow. Oh, that's fantastic! Wow. He was my new date back then. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, let me ask you another question for potentially our other working mums. You are hardworking, and you are always around, and yet you have to. And I, but I see on Facebook. You're baking cakes, oh, and yeah. you're doing all bread. the motherly things. Oh, is it bread? You're doing all the motherly things as well. Like, how do you cope? I mean... When you have worked as a sommelier in London? Yeah. yeah you put the hours in, you put the hours in. Yeah. So you're used, to, you're used to working 16 hour days, going down to an eight hour Exactly, job. so you've got plenty of time. Yeah, you've got all, yeah, all the energy in the world. You know. so yeah. not so much your feet, your feet still hurt, but it's fine, you keep going. And um, are you planning on getting the little ones into wine as soon as possible? Will you be doing the Italian style? or are oh, you going totally. to be not yeah. the Italian style. The, not telling you, I haven't said that. <laughs> the little one enjoys sticking his finger in mummy's glass just to taste it. Well, that's fine, it's just a little sip. And well, yeah. mummy's glass has a healthy... Uh, healthy smoothie in it though obviously Absolutely. not a glass of oh, wine yeah, those of course, right? so. shankale smoothies <laughs> yeah we're in London that's, yeah. that's, that's cool yeah. so um, I maybe yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to um, the places you worked at I think as we go along yeah. um, but I've poured uh, a bottle that I've brought along um, which, which is by Antonori who anybody who knows about um, Sangiovese and Chianti which is the main region in which um, Sangiovese is, is famous for growing Antonori are one of the oldest families in the wine world. Um, and so this is a Chianti Classico Reserva 2015. So I decided to really stick with the most traditional classical remit for Sangiovese. Um, I, I feel like we need to eat a sausage roll now, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So Before I've introduced the wine. Um, why? Did, now, did you, Sarah, as for someone who is a sommelier as well, did you hear anything about the uh, sausage rolls being good with Sangiovese, or you just wanted no, just to <laughs> literally try this as a bar snack? Um, I tell you what, it just came to mind, as in I've heard a lot about these sausage rolls being absolutely outstanding. Okay. Now in Italy, especially Central Italy, Tuscany and Umbria, we do eat a lot of pork. No, they're terrible, we don't want any, I'll take okay, it. Yeah. I'll do it for you, Oh my god, they've got... Um, like spring onion pieces in them, they're really it's fresh. More like, it's more like pork pork, it's from delicious. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And actually, what's quite, I can imagine, so pork, I really actually, with Sancho, well, with Sangiovese, because ironically, Sangiovese is a funny, we're, we're going to have to go into what Sangiovese is now, I think, mm-hmm. as a great variety. It was a high acidity, um, so it can cut through things. Obviously, it has high tannins in general, but it's actually quite a more of a medium body wine. Which is um, interesting, one. I think it did sway massively. And as I, one of my um, other Italian um, suppliers always says, um, he goes, 
no, that's not a proper Sancho Vese because if it's not, if, if it's big and bulky and kind of rich and was kind it's of New World true. style, he's like, that's not a real Sancho Vese. Real Sancho Vese should be elegant and fresh, especially if it's hundred mm. percent like Brunello. Another famous region for Sancho Vese is Brunello, which is always hundred percent. He he's very adamant about that, and that's kind of really stuck in my mind till then. And I used to be a bit of a whore for luscious, big, juicy ones. And when You're I was still younger, a whore for I'm still everything. a whore for things in, in general. But <laughs> when it comes to um, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. We'll, we'll drink wine for money. Um, <laughs> um, uh, I do think that it definitely is an elegant, fresher, and also more complex because you get more flavours coming out along the when there's more acidity and it's longer on the palate. Ironically, considering this was not like an ideal, perfect pairing, this works because the kind of greasiness, mm-hmm. um, the fattiness, the oiliness of the sausage roll, it, this, this really refreshes your palate as you drink it. So, I mean, anybody. <laughs> We, we did a podcast um, going back and we ended up talking about Greg's sausage rolls and whether mm. you could take a Chateauneuf de Pat Blanc and that might be a really good uh, wine. We were talking about different wines. I mean, Greg's Greg sausage rolls are still equal to the, the benchmark sausage roll. This is definitely much better, but I Greg's mean, to me is a benchmark this sausage roll. This shape's going to be that. But I call this bang tidy sausage roll. This is what the bang tidy. I mean, if you're in northern spirit, you can't just go, it's a luscious, beautiful. I mean, it's bang tidy. <laughs> Bang tidy. I can't even talk because I've got too much sausage in. Oh, oh my god, no, no, no. Oh, Christmas has come early. Oh, dear. Well, I just said... realised as I stopped. Oh, no, oh, I didn't. You know what? I left it low when you called it the unfiltered pea cast, which I always thought, like, well, that's a bit of a weird name for us. When she said that, she went, it's unfiltered pea, the letter pea okay, cast, just... not unfiltered pea okay, cast. Okay, I'm going to stop. And now you've had too many sausages in your mouth. Sorry, look what you've done. You've been, on the, so you've been on here for 11 minutes and we've already gone downwards. We've, now we need to dig up. Um, that's okay. the second sausage you've had in your mouth as well, so that's... that's. This is the second <laughs> second sausage in the last few minutes. I just want okay, to, to clarify. You so that... Jesus oh, Christ. Well, quite clearly I am a sausage roll. Whore. Moving on <laughs> from being such a whore. Um, do you like? Do you, That's the name of this podcast. Thank God for that. Thank uh, you. You've got the name. Um, what do we think, guys? So 2015. It's nice. So um, one for anybody. Well, let's let, let's talk about Chianti. Okay. Um, what I first of all, my advice for anybody who wants to know about Chianti is first of all, make sure you it says classical on the label. I think you know there's so much yes. rubbish. No, I. There's Rafina, which is another. Okay, okay there we go. I'm just gone. because you're pulling that face. There are others. There's one. There's only one other area that I would possibly consider, which is Rafina, Chianti Rafina, which is on a hill. Other than that, you you need to get Classico because there's so much rubbish out there. And I think, ironically, considering Sangiovese, such I really like it as a great variety. And there's so many good examples. It's had such a bad reputation in the past, and they're doing great things now to fix it. Chianti is a really good example of, of the, some of the mistakes that Italy made in its past when it increased yes. regional sizes. Definitely. Yes. Um, you know, bless Italy, we love it, but when it tried to make it originally trying to make everyone happy, which I'm sitting with an Italian, I think that should admit you can't make a group of Italians happy. You know, no. you know, everyone would be disappointed in different ways. Um, and they yeah. tried to make everyone happy in a lot of regions. They did it in Suave, they did it in Valpolicella, they did it with Garvi, they did it with... Um, yeah, Vidicchio. Um, Vidicchio was a horrific one, they really ruined Suave, mm-hmm. especially went downhill. And then Chianti was another one. For a long time, Chianti was a pedestal of quality of red wine in Italy, probably second only to Brunello in Tuscany. And then suddenly they just opened up the floodgates Whoosh. gave all these other regions there. and I don't know I've tried some good producers from the other region there's like in any situation there are some but majority of the others are cheaper um, back poor examples with lots of blending going on and lots of other bits of modern grape varieties being uh, sorry international grape varieties being thrown in um, and actually Antonori has a good history with that considering originally um, Tignanello which is what really put Antonori mm-hmm. on the map yes, um, now legally can be classified as a Chianti but by the time they allowed that classification to come through Chianti already destroyed its name so much Antonori said no Tignanello has its own brand and identity we rather say it's an IGT which is actually a basic level wine and keep their own brand and name on it and not put Chianti on it at all um, and much like we saw happen with Car- uh, Carver would be a really good example as well in, in, in Spain it's amazing how when you have these brand names and labels they can re- or in, in the sense of a region it can be so beneficial until it's not and once it's ruined mm. it can be very difficult I mean it's just done a lot with bringing the classico regions out like Garvey de Garvey is another example putting these extra bits on to elevate those original levels to separate them but then what was the point in doing the whole process in the beginning and it's sort of uh, it's well, quite, quite a mess I think the thing that with the Chianti is they've done in the last probably well yes probably since the 1970s and I, and the reason I love Antonori 
is they've always gone against the grain. The Tignanello that you mentioned was they, originally, the, the Tignanello didn't actually have any international, it didn't have Cabernet Sauvignon on in the first vintage of the few vintages in, but they weren't using, yeah, 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 they, it was about four vintages in when they started using I'm Cabernet Sauvignon. But, with you no. no, 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 they were using Cabernet Franc and Merlot, they had no Cabernet Sauvignon originally. I believe it was that they didn't have the white grape variety. We, we, we need to, we can, oh, we I love, argue about this. we love having a I'm, little bit I'm of tell you, okay. I'm going to tell you now, so, 20% so, was always international grape variety, and it was always, originally always Merlot, Cabernet Franc, and very little Cabernet Sauvignon. As times change, it was well, more Cabernet Sauvignon. Well, now, we want, we know for a fact the basis is 80% Sangiovese. Because Salaya is the opposite, whereas Salaya is 80% international grape variety, so 20% Sangiovese. But before, it wasn't quite how it was. Now, we're going to have to investigate. Sarah, do you know Will? No, I don't want to be. Oh, we're gonna, maybe when you two are talking, I'm going to Google it. We're going to argue um, this one, but I'm, I'm pretty but sure. But what was amazing was that they wanted to obviously, you know, push the boundaries, and I think they. The, these guys really have opened up people's eyes. Obviously, before, which I think is so weird, I still think it's weird that uh, was it was it twenty percent had to be white grape varieties. What was the no 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 no? It was, it was a very limited amount of grape varieties you could use in, um, and it was, it was very controlled. Yeah, yeah it was um, really it was, weird. It was not the best. And also, it's time for changing. Not the earth was getting warmer or anything. But as times are changing, different grape varieties were aging in different ways. I do believe I do think you have to have a certain percentage of white in there originally. You did, and you those, don't now, thankfully. And those whites really since two thousand and six. Yeah. Yeah. And that but that's the difference as well when we go back. Please don't buy just Classico, some cheap classico I'm oh, sorry, please don't just buy cheap Chianti, Chianti. Because Chianti itself you can still have white grape varieties in, so people are just shoving in some Malvasia and Trebbiano because they have it. Well, no, that also is artificially gets the acidity up. Yeah, well, that's probably the reason. So it's giving almost like a fake idea of Sangiovese, which is, oh, we've got great, great Sangiovese with good acidity, you haven't. Mm -hmm. You've got poor Sangiovese, it's over-ripened and too juicy, and probably wasn't good enough quality or from young grapes, with white grape varieties mixed in to give the acidity, but the acidity's not the same. It's much harsher, it doesn't have the same complexity. And to be honest, and as we've already said, you, you, the, the Sangiovese actually has high tannins. And if it's not on the right side, and then you're putting in white grapes, realistically, actually, you're just making well, the tannins even yes. just big worse. Yeah, I mean, it's just a mess, really. So now, if you get a Chianti Classico, you do not need, there won't be any, there'll be just red grapes in there. So that's that's number one. Mm -hmm. Plus, of course, the soils are, there's a reason why the original classic region people were growing on. So you're getting, in general, better terroir. Um, and then reserva that we're having now means it's spent two years in oak um, and a few months aging bottles. So there's really, that guarantees that really they would probably use better grapes if it was going to be a reserva. Um, and there's also, there's also um, lower, yeah. yield lower yield restrictions, yeah. much lower yield restrictions. Um, uh, and a few others to do with winemaking techniques. You can't use so many of the other winemaking, I believe there's some winemaking techniques restrictions as well. Um, the other ironic thing as well, what I think is also the biggest shame we have these scenarios is all those other regions around Chianti that get to use the name, like Chianti Senzi or any of the other regions, yeah. there's quite a good chance they would actually do better with another grape. But they're not going to do that because it doesn't carry the price value. And that's also what I find disappointing. Instead of those regions doing what a lot of Italy does, which is going off and finding its niche, its speciality, its grape that works for it, even if there's a different international grape variety or something else, and working that way, instead they're going to keep making bad Chianti. Which would be much better for them to go off and make a good something else. Yeah. Which is a real shame. But people, they're clinging on to, again. Well, it's now. easy to sell. They're still able to sell a bad canty for more than they can sell a wine that no one knows about. That's just, unfortunately, the way the world wine market works. And everyone who's looking for a Chianti Classico, you, they have a special logo with a little rooster on it. So it is a black rooster yeah. with like a burgundy circle around yeah. it. And Some, that somehow will give you... sponsored by the French football team. Really? They've got rooster on theirs, yeah. It's not at all. Oh, it's okay. the same, so now, you're it's the same now you're confusing everybody. Okay. So what do we think of uh, this Antonori Chianti Classico? It's had a few, obviously, 2015 has a few years of age. I think it's got like, that really pretty tea leaves in there, um, a little bit floral, but Sangiovese is always a savoury grape, and I think I, that's it what, when it's made well, that's what I really like about it. There's not even a touch of fruity, jammy, well, it should, the new world potentially, but if we're having the classic regions it's of Italy, more, it's you're more never having jammy. Well, compared to more Cabernet Franc than Cabernet Sauvignon, yes. it's more of a green notes, herbaceousness, savoury flavours, and when you get older it gets really good levery textures really quickly, and it yeah. gets to show that all this really It's more of a grown-up type of flavour. You do get mashed and cherry quite often though, I do find, but it tends to be, again, aged cherry notes, not savoury cherry, not not sweet cherry, not ripe cherry, it tends to be very savoury cherry. There's never any sweetness as such. There, obviously there's fruity notes, but there's these, there's secondary. Like a, bit, a bit more grown-ups, all this savouriness, these interesting flavours, the, the herbs, the spices. There is, it's got that, the it has got that lovely herbiness to it, hasn't it? 
but I just think it's lovely that just nice again sour cherry and plumminess and it's just it's pretty it's elegant for me as well it's very yeah. restrained I think um, there's definitely a decent amount of tannins when I first opened this up I said oh I would have liked to have uh, decanted that but actually already but I, I just think they're, they're so fine-grained they're and, really and, and have always been a classic style so I think that's quite in their keeping and their styles go a bit more bigger and bolder anyway mm-hmm I don't, now I don't know whether this is 100% Sangiovese or whether they're using um, Colorino or Caniolo, Caniolo, uh, uh, Caniolo Nero. I would imagine a little bit, probably. I would expect um, a little bit. Uh, first of all, because for what I was reading, Antinori was one of those that started blending Sangiovese to try and get the quality higher. As in, Sangiovese has got pros and cons, obviously. It can be uh, very uh, high yielding, so it can produce, you know, big watery wines, it's got high acidity, it's got tannins, always pretty obvious. Mm -hmm. So, for example, the, the Colorino will bring color, which Sangiovese sort of lacks off because of the very thin skin. Mm. Um, Canayol tends to be simple but fruity, so we'll bring a little bit of that red fruit. Or the, the, the international grape varieties uh, of quality, but just yeah. up to that. 20, I think it's, it's 25%. I think it's, I think it's 80% now has to be yeah, Sangiovese. It has to be 80%, yeah, be 80% and the rest whatever. But people have to be very careful, I think, with Cabernet Sauvignon because depending on where it it's grown, they could just overtake it, yeah. you know. And it, for me, it's all well and good, but then why did you even bother? Well, I think that's, that's where we see the, the more modern styles, which I, I would say, you know, argument, I'm sure there'll be any, someone out there who's going to scream me, but I'd say it's to an American market. Yeah, which American is that bigger, bolder, juicier yeah. style. Absolutely which is why possible. there's... A, and unfortunately, um, the Americans definitely drink a lot more um, Italian wine and drink it a lot better than English people do, I'd say. Why? Why do you say that? They're much more switched on. Like, I have a far more... You know, percentage-wise, far more American customers who know about Italian wine than English. And a lot of that is because, really? I've said this before, Americans aren't scared to get things wrong. English no, people okay. are very scared to not understand a name or a region or a style. Sure. Also, English are brought up believing French is better for some reason, which in most cases becomes a Yeah, but if you look at the history of everything in England, we, you know, we just love France. We spent France all, and we don't think we're wrong. So much, we, we dabbled, we dabbled so, much, so much we invaded them constantly. We, 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 uh, <laughs> we love them yeah. so much we invaded them. You know, but we dabbled in different countries and we got, there was even a time when we were getting wine from South Africa and stuff like that, you know, all the, the sweet wine. And, but no matter what, whenever we had an opportunity to go back to France and get our French stuff, we well, did. Well, I don't know, that's, that's, that's definitely very history, not always. I mean, it's been a long time. It's more a case of all things like Bordeaux, Cognac, actually have been built over hundreds of years to yeah. please our palate. And that's the big reason, because we owned it for most of the time. But that's what I'm saying, and that's and because um, we love that yeah. flavour. You know, if we cook because of history, that's why... But I, think I, I honestly think a lot of it comes down to the fact that um, English people don't like to get things wrong and don't like to embarrass themselves. So um, they, they, they stay away from some Italian things where Americans are far less embarrassed or far less worried so, to get things wrong. So Sorry. I think that's why they've got to take... Also, Italian culture a bit more is more embedded in America. Exactly. So you go to like New York, um, and Miami, other areas, there are okay, tons of Italians immigrated. there. And they, their Italian it. culture is a little bit more, I don't want to say open, but I think, I mean, you find Italians in every town in England, but I think they, Italians in England became more English very quickly, while Italians in America got to stay being very Italian. How do, yeah, how do you feel about that, Sarah? So actually, Sarah, where are you from? Let's... Well, I'm from Perugia in Umbria, so exactly in the middle of the, of the boot. Uh, but yes, I agree with, with John, at least for myself, I tried to get as much as possible and as quickly as possible into the country that I sort of adopted as my new uh, home. Mm. Uh, for, for whatever reason, you know, you want to be part of a reality that you somehow admire, you know. It's such a, such a great city, London, uh, and well, the UK in general, but my experience is mostly in London, where everyone always felt welcome from day one. You feel at home because there's so many other people that are in, in your situation, mm -hmm. just outside their hometown. But we always keep our traditions yeah. at home, you know, our food, uh, when mum comes over. Or when well, like, can I come over when you're bring, doing that? Oh yeah, they, they bring over food, <laughs> or when we go down, we bring packages, etc. The Italians that emigrate in the past, either in Australia or in America, because there's big uh, communities in both countries, they tend to stick together. I don't know if it was a different um, 
situation, so they, they felt less welcome, so they felt the need to They had to, to create grow, their own community. Well, their I own think community. also if you look at like history of those countries as well, that you had a lot of people immigrating at the same time. So you were like America yeah. back in the day when I'm talking about this huge amount of Germans, Dutch, um, a huge amount of um, Irish, huge amount of Italians, yeah. huge amount um, Jewish from different countries as well. I mean, obviously you go back to history, all of them had their own gangs, crime, everything. Yeah. Linked. Mm. We always talk about the Italian mafia, but there was uh, Irish gangs, there was every kind of gang in all those countries which is very common for people moving. Obviously you come somewhere like England, especially going back in history when Italians coming to England, Italian people have been migrating to England for God, God knows how many years. Constantly. Um, and slowly but surely coming into a country where England always had its own kind of identity. You know, even Indians coming to England, a lot of them coming over here after already being unfortunately invaded and overtaken by England uh, or being ruled by the British Empire and things like that. So I think it's a very different effect. Same with you go to France. All the African countries who go to France seem to be much more the ones who have been previously French colonies seem to be much more French mm-hmm. immediately rather than being their own country and blended in and then a mix of culture mm-hmm. instead of it being separated off and in separate areas. Obviously yeah. that changes when you get to big cities like London or Paris but when you get to you know, you go to every little town in England you'll find someone who's got like, an Italian last name same mm-hmm. as Irish or this but they don't they're not you know they're not screaming Italian in the street and being like, you know, like you would find probably you know, to the right. <laughs> we never lose this thing, though. No, you never lose it. So, sorry, the thing that you can't see because we're not being we're recorded doing lots of is, is the, yeah, is the, is the, <laughs> is putting, so, so the definition, putting your thumb squished together with the other four fingers into like a little, into like a little teardrop shape and then shaking that yeah. fist back and forth. <laughs> that is what the Italians but do. But it's, it's, I think also like, I mean, I was school, I think anyway, English person say in school, there were, how many kids did we go to school with? At least, at least one or two Giovannis or this or that. And I went to seven different schools. Oh, All yeah. of them had some Italian. Did you get kicked but, out? No, 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 we moved around a lot. I was quite, I was quite well behaved at school, relatively. <laughs> um, um, but there was always Italian kids, but they were not Italian at all. They were just English kids with very dark hair. That's about the, the most Italian part of them. And their mum and dads cooked really good food. Besides that, none of them was barely any of them ever spoken the Italian. It was, it, was, it was very faux Italian because they, their family's been here for generations, generations. There's actually an Italian restaurant somewhere around here in, um, in Mayfair. Fiano, uh, Fiano. They have like a pizza restaurant at the top and a place underneath. And the guy who runs it, I kid you not, his family is Sicilian, he still speaks perfect Italian, but he has the most cockney accent I've ever heard in my life, and looks like he used to be an old English boxer. Fiano, <laughs> uh, it's not Fiano. Oh, you can't say that on a podcast and not know the name. It's in, in the main square in, in Mayfair, not far from Hedonism. So it's, it's quite near there. Oh, so by Green Park. Delph- is it Delfino? I think it's Delfino it's called. And there's okay. a Italian restaurant downstairs, pizzeria upstairs, and he's oh, nice. the most cockney person I've ever met. But his family is Sicilian, and that's where the restaurant comes from. So it's just quite, I mean, that shows the difference where I went to mm. New York. Obviously, you still get that New York Italian accent, but then you would still get probably a grandma screaming Sicilian in the street, and it would be some <laughs> very, very, very different in, in <laughs> So talking of Italian, which makes sense because we're drinking Sangiovese. Um, sorry, I've just poured your wine, yeah. um, So, which is from your hometown. Yes, it is. So do you want to so, talk about it? Cantine Goccia, uh, Nesso, Nodo, Nodo, they make several. Uh, so they are based on the lake. We mm. have the third biggest uh, lake in Italy is in Umbria. Colli del Trasimeno. So the lake is called the Trasimeno. Say it slower. Colli del Trasimeno. So Colli hills around the Trasimeno Lake. And actually, just that, that's a really good uh, wine thing for anyone who wants to learn about wine in Italy. Yeah. Oh, super confusing. We're talking like 2,000 grape varieties plus in Italy. Yeah, Go, you, you guys. Um, if you see a name which is something D something, it basically generally, not always, generally means grape of the town. So we're going to get into Brunello de Montalcino soon. Brunello is the grape, aka. Sangiovese, sorry, uh, of Montalcino. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah. Colli di Colli del Trasimeno. So the hill of the the, holly, the hills uh, around Trasimeno Lake. Okay, uh, which obviously is the area where mm-hmm. they are uh, is a uh, is IGT um, in terms of appellation, and they work essentially with Sangiovese. Sangiovese is the most planted grape variety in the cent- in central Italy. Uh, Emilia Romagna, Tuscany, Umbria, down to Lazio and Marche. Uh, it ha- has always been, there's history, Sangiovese was planted since the 1600 and before and made into wine. Uh, this specific winery is a very small winery owned by an English lady. Oh, okay. Uh, Carrie. Fun she, fact. Yeah, fun fact. 
uh, Kerry, she's based in Winchester and just fell in love with the rolling hills of Umbria, which are, I mean, think Tuscany, very similar. Oh really? Very, very, the landscape is very, very similar. Uh, obviously, the, the, the history, the, the, the medieval history, uh, they share mm. well, the, the southern part of Tuscany because the northern part was French, uh, mm -hmm. was uh, Napoleonic, but um, the food is very similar and the wines are inevitably very similar. Not as famous as the Tuscan counterparts, so they uh, they're sort of a little bit more humble. But do you the think that thing. makes them cheaper? Yeah. They definitely are cheaper. Yeah, they're because they're not as well known. They yeah. So, Anthony, do you make a famous Chardonnay from Umbria? Yes, yes. Uh, with a bit of grecetto. Yeah, well, a little bit of grecetto. Yes. Yeah, we use yes. some local grape. Chavala de Sala. Chavala de Sala is one of my favourite Chardonnays. It's, it's amazing. Cool. When young, it's like a good Californian. When old, it's like a good Burgundy. And yeah. I've had some go back to 1997. Mm -hmm. and I've, it's such a, I've never known a wine that transforms from literally one country to another. It is sensational. But it's young and American. Over great value. So Chavara de la Sala. And they also have a second wine as well, if you don't want to spend as much money, called... Bra, how, uh, bra, oh, do, do, they, their baby wine? It. it begins with I, I, I'm sadly all the restaurants I worked at always sold Chivalo de Sala. Okay, <laughs> Bramari or something like that, de, de, de Sala. Oh, okay, maybe I'll... Is, okay. But they have a, but they have a baby, a younger, a younger, a younger baby wine. Drink. I'm going to actually look it up right now so I can um, yeah. say what it is. So that will be from the southern part of Umbria. So Umbria is not big, definitely. But in the southern part, so going more towards Rome and the Lazio is where the Cervaro is, where the... More, more white wine than red down there, to be mm -hmm. honest, uh, where the Orvietos uh, are made. Orvietos never great, it's really looked at, overlooked. I think Orvieto produces can, really, really good. Can be really good, actually. yes. Again, uh, value, I think, is fantastic. Fabiano Spoletino. Uh, but here we are in the northern part, literally almost across, I mean, facing the border with, uh, with Tuscany. Um, and I think that here we got all the staples of, of Sangiovese. It's 100% Sangiovese. Which doesn't need to be as in, in Italy to label it as Sangiovese, it needs to be 85%, unless it's a DOC where there are more strict uh, rules. Um, it's 2012, so we're going a little bit older because mm. Sangiovese gets so charming when it has a little bit of age, and those secondary tertiary characters show up a little bit more of that uh, leathery uh, tobacco character. It's definitely Dragons. a little bit more leather and a bit of tar, isn't it? This, this, this is more power. No, it's a bit darker and yeah. deeper yeah. than I'd the, the anti-classico that we just the had. The flavour is definitely heavier, I would say. Um, yeah. But I don't think it's actually... I would, I'd actually put this as something more, slightly more medium than the Antonori. Yeah. But the flavours are just bolder and heavier. It doesn't have as much yeah. flesh. Yeah. I think, but it just coats your tongue more. So those flavors don't—they don't, yeah. don't not going to leave you. They're going to stick around for a long time. Uh, they have a bit of a party, a bit of an after party, and they'll continue partying on probably until the morning. They'll call <laughs> a guy up; he's going to turn up. That keeps them going. And then, uh, you know, in the morning they're going to wake up, you know, feeling quite, quite tired, quite knackered, but you know, in a positive way. Sounds like an expert. <laughs> uh, I've never done that. What are you talking about? <laughs> But this is right about it. But right? I like I like the slightly tobacco-y smoky notes. I like that it's still the typical sour cherries. Um and, and it's and it's fresh. I actually think this is actually this is fresh this is darker fruits, but fresher I think actually than the, the Antonori. Again, I think that's a stylistic change, right? Yeah. Antonori are a kind of more modern take on yeah. Sangiovese. Not necessarily in an American style, but in a more modern take. Though they do very well in America. Um, and this is very Italian. I'd say this, this is, is very much more on that Italian acidity focus. I imagine when this was, this had been 2015, this would have been sharper, probably almost probably a bit harder to drink. It would have been probably not quite You'd there need yet. You some charcuterie or some Which really is, fatty food. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where now it's it's in a very good place. I mean, I still want food, but for me it's normal to have. We food all want wine. food. We've run out of sausage I love I love the confusion when you have an Italian sits and you when he's first taking Italian out in London. You know, they're like, okay, we're drinking, but where's the food? You're like, we yeah. don't eat when we drink. Don't I we? know. Sorry, what? <laughs> like my old head to many was the richest. Always we go to we go to the casino wherever we're going to after for late night drink. Even going for one drink, which was always more. He'd always have to like, I'm like, telling food was turn up. He goes, yeah, I ordered some. I'm like, we don't need. He goes, I yeah, can't, so I can't I drink. It. I can't drink without food. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so, do you know where this retails or the retail price? Uh, no, I know only the sale. The, the oh, trade she price. has come entirely that's, unprepared. That's the dark side. There you go. That's just, the dark side. So, whilst, whilst, whilst uh, you're so adorable, we'll be 
15 to 17 pounds. Really? Yeah. yeah. So now that's, where, that's wow. where that's okay. really good value because my um, Chianti Classico is, uh, I got it from Majestic, so easy for everyone to, to get it from. And if they're still around next week. Well, yes, exactly. That's a whole other subject. <laughs> naked or not naked. Uh, wines. They won't that's be stuck in that anymore. The naked wines are telling yeah. that. It is called naked wines, isn't it? It's naked wines. Yeah. It is naked wines. It's possibly. Well, they're going to. Majestic could well be named naked wines. No, it won't. They're going to sell it off now. No, oh gosh, who knows? Okay. They're going to keep a couple of like high money making stores. The rest are going to sell off. Okay. Well, anyway, right now, currently, everybody, um, you can get this from Majestic at twenty two pounds, which I think anyway is considering the history, the pricing, the aging, well, the everything. It's delicious and it's absolutely great. And I'm sure but, if you get it by six, you'll probably get a slightly reduction on that or I think whatever. to be honest actually this might have I think because I, I did buy six you know I can't go in and buy I think this might have been 22 pounds uh, for, for six and it was 25 it is the real price and 25 was marked up so don't, guys don't buy it for more than 22 but it's definitely worth it at 22 a solid I call it Antonori a solid winemaker I don't think you can really get a bad Antonori wine and also if we're talking Antonori because you can get a, under a you might get one that doesn't isn't worth the money or maybe doesn't live up to expectations, but you never get a bad Antinori Not at all. Antinori is very safe. And we, we said that their white wine that they make in Umbria, which is Chavara de la Salle, which I love. Which I apparently is... Oh, well, th there are three wine professionals here, and we all agree it's one of the best I'm Chardonnays. Gonna, I, I think probably arguably in the top five Chardonnays in Italy. Well, the, 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 the second wine that I was telling you two about, obviously you, you never have had Manito. to... You've, well, I've looked it up already. No, uh, she, yeah, you, you. No. she did it. She it's just stole your thunder. She stole your thunder. She stole your thunder. I already googled it. But she did it with to. knowledge. Anyway, well, I listen. I said it began with a B. But I mean, to, and to be honest, that one I, I'm sure retails at about twenty-five pound, thirty pounds. It's uh, it might even be less. It's so it's. I do just think for listeners, you missed that Sarah did a victory hand gesture in the air. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't. She was very impressed with herself, which I guess, you know, she spoiled my thunder, so good for her. She stole um, it right out of your hands. I, if so. you're going to be on your phone, Sarah, it's because I'm you're supposed to be to finding get, out the retail exactly, price. Exactly, that's what wine. I'm trying to do, but the connection is not great. Give us a guesstimation. Oh, what, you know, just double up. She said no, 15 no. to 17, roughly. Yeah, 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 on the Woodwinters website. And That's oh. fine. You've got to, you've got literally like twenty four minutes left. You can plug it. Out. You okay. plug so, it. Yeah. so you can find it. Where you can tell people. And um, in the meantime, whilst we're just finishing off this this lovely wine, and and both of them are so true to the Sanchevese character, which is is lovely. Hopefully, we've we've touched on those flavours already. Um, you brought in a, well, not really a curveball to be honest, but you've got New World to the one the one region the one country rather that I think has a chance of making. Well, that's currently making decent Sanchevese. In my opinion, I'm just putting it out there. Others might now say no, but I well, think I the mean, one country that's doing I, well. I would argue. I'd, 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 the other option, if I'd had it but didn't have any in, would have been I'd have gone Ballard Canyon. I'd have gone with Stolpham, and they do a carbonic Sanchevese. That would have been a real curve. From where? Bella Canyon, it's in California. In Santa yeah, see, okay, for me, and again, people might not agree, California, Sanchevese, good, but it's not true. I disagree heavily. It's, it's yeah. big and, well, you're saying carbonic maceration, and anyway, that's not traditional That would have been a curveball. No, it wasn't good. Either way, so I still... The, the, the mandate was not traditional Sanchevese, it was no, just it was Sanchevese, not, thank you But I much, still but think when you want, the country that seems, in my opinion, that if we're going New World, that is doing it well, knows what it's doing, um, and is coming up with some interesting examples, is Australia. So... Without further ado, Jonathan, <laughs> Mr. Mr. Carbon Maceration in America. No, that's um, just one example. Stop and do some non-carbon maceration versions. They're also very, very good. What is the producer? Stolpermans. Oh, Stolpermans. Yeah. Okay, Stolpermans, everybody. Which you can get from, um, oh, God, what's that? The normal name. I don't miss them. Um, Stanley Street, you probably have a bite from them, if not a few other people, but they, they're stubborn. I've got some of their other wines with the Syrah, but they've got some fantastic wines. Ooh. Again, they do a lot of low intervention or, or biodynamic winemaking. I think California gets a lot of, no, gets no, a lot of grief that. for all the big guys, but a lot of the small guys out there are doing a lot of really good stuff, and especially a lot of stuff with Italian great I love varieties. California wine. I, I, just, I just hashtag love California. Now, um, I haven't tried it, but. Uh, Heard that Schaefer makes one. Schaefer do make one, yes, and I've tried it, and actually very good as well. Yeah. I've been to use it Schaefer, in the past. Yeah. Yeah. So Schaefer, if anyone who doesn't know who Schaefer Vineyards are, make the biggest, luscious, boldest Chardonnay. I don't even buy it here, but I, did, I taste it at tasting. There's very low amounts. They really, and then they've got obviously their massive cabernets. Yeah. Um, I lied. It's 1950, but I'm sure if you tell them that I told you, you can afford it in something. 19, no, no. 1950 is still cheap for yeah, a good Sanchevese. Yeah, no, 1950, I would still yeah. pay for this. No, this cantina, gocha. 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 I mean, 15 quid I'd have bought six of me online, but 20 quid I'd still buy And 2012 as well, and it's yeah. aging beautifully. Yeah. So moving to 
my favourite New World country for Sancho Vesey. Thank you for plugging it. I... Well, I just know. I just that's my. She opinion. does know two people taking Victoria is fantastic. I think that, that, that you've already we've already touched on something. There is a lot of Italians living in Australia. Uh, the, it's not just oh yes, Sarah. The best coffee constantly like wherever you stop Australia. you can get absolutely great yeah. coffee in Melbourne I mean, like yeah. there's no way you get bad coffee in London we get in there but still you know mm-hmm. I, 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 it's one of the, I don't have any opinion on because I don't like coffee so what? I help you, you don't like coffee? I don't drink coffee at all Huh, uh, my opinion of you has declined. But anyway, um, I just don't like it. I never have. No, I mean, I suppose, surprising I suppose, with how high I suppose that I means you're water. still a human. I, I, mean, I don't know, but no, I don't. Drink an adult that doesn't drink coffee. I mean, I, I don't. do you? I'm trust, a little boy who never you, grew up. Sarah, do you trust an adult that doesn't drink coffee? Because I don't. So well, he's English. He could be drinking tea. I did drink tea. Oh, well. With milk, like a proper Englishman. Ugh, builders, builders, tea with milk, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so now all our listeners know not to trust uh, John's judgment on anyone. They trust me anyway. Hey, if you guys trust me by now, you've learned nothing. Like, (laughs) this many episodes and you should trust me, that's a terrible idea. So, um, please, sorry, without further ado, I keep on interrupting. Let's talk about this Australian Santa Rosa. So, this is um, Santa Rosa 2013 from Vigne Marson. Uh, Vigne Marson located. Right at the heart of Heathcote in central Victoria. I am checking the names so I don't get them wrong. Thank you very much for your laughing. We were laughing. Well, no, we laughed silently and gave each other a nod like, yeah, That's he's right. looking at notes no, on his no, phone. No. But you could have got away with that. And you no, 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 no. I don't, I, don't want to, I don't want to bugger this one up, so I want to make sure you're right. Um, no, no, so uh, the owner is uh, Mario Marson, um, along with his wife. Um, they, He's got a long history. So he's, he's actually, I think, third generation off the top of my head. Um, third generation Italian. Um, and that is off the top of my head. doesn't have everything in there. Uh, but I know his grandfather was actually planting and growing vines from his um, it was Sangiovese, Cabernet Sauvignon and one other red I won't remember off the top of my head. Um, then his father started planting some Italian varieties that have been allowed through the Heathcock and the Heathcock area. They've done a lot of experimentation with Italian varieties. A lot have come in already and been okay. If you don't know, trying to get new varieties into Italy, into in Australia is a nightmare. Happened from the Jim Berry family when they got the Assertico fruit oh, of a hundred. Uh, you're nodding, Sarah. I, why, why is to, to educate me? Why? Is okay, that sorry. Yeah. So, so it, of course, in Australia they have um, a very special ecosystem. Uh, being oh, okay. And they and so trying to you have to go through a huge no. It's it's it's, it's for a lot of reasons. So you have to go through a huge amount of quarantine. Okay. Uh, so, for example, I know the Berry family when they brought Assertico to Australia about mm-hmm. six years ago. Six seven years ago, they brought it there. Um, of a hundred clippings they brought, only three survived. Going through quarantine because it was there for such a long time. Yeah, whilst they that's how long it takes. That's how long so, it takes. So it's, so it's it's not necessarily well. It's a hard process, but it's more that that they can do it. Anyone can do it. But by the time oh, yeah, all you the pay, ticks you, are you done, you have to pay for everything as well. Yeah, so. but by the time things are, t- are done, they haven't possibly Good chance, been looked after dead. so long. Everything's dead. Yeah. So they only had three. Okay. So from three clippings, they had to turn three clippings down. They're producing a lot. They're taking them. Then a it takes you so many years to turn that into so what you need. You can't. It's not just easy. Like you know, if you wanted to bring some Sanchevese Italy to England, it would be. Easy, it wouldn't grow, but yeah. you could do it. <laughs> you could make terrible wine, but, but you could do it. But the difference yeah. in somewhere in Australia, it's not that simple. So, um, this is years ago when it was a little bit more relaxed. It's also why the famous history of um, Felton, Felton Road yeah. in New Zealand yeah. is that because they seem to have the same quarantining, is that apparently the clippings from Romney Conti that were taken were put into a boot and then hidden when they brought them on the plane over. And that's how apparently the clippings of apparently how the clippings I like all these apparently though, because to be honest, even in the Antonori Otto family, go back again, yeah. apparently all the, the Cabernet and Merlot came from the, the top Grand Cruz in, 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 um, in Bordeaux, but, appara- but then hey, look, they've I actually now said, no, it didn't. I don't, it came I don't, from Italy. I, I it all just, came from Italy. I would, just, <laughs> I would just believe some New Zealander went and stole a load of uh, vines, clippings from Romy Conti. What I believe is he just pays someone off at customs yeah. to get them through, yeah. rather than put it in his boot. Uh, backhander yeah. would have made that story much more believable, but not as sexy. So there we are. Anyway, so um, back to uh, Mario Marson. So he, his um, father Giuseppe, proper Italian name, you can't get more. Than, he was growing a lot of Italian varieties in the back garden, so they could drink real Italian wine at the dinner table. Back in the year 2000, Mario, along with his wife, decided to start their own winery instead of growing for other people. So up until this point, his father and grandfather had always been winemakers and grown and been winemakers for other mm-hmm. consortiums or other groups uh, in, in uh, Australia's history and they started their own vineyard um, uh, back in 2000 an own winery uh, so since then they've been part of the varieties one of the things I really love about the wines is he's releasing wines when ready 
Uh, I had his rosé yesterday, which is arguably, I would actually argue, one of the best rosés you can buy here in the UK. And um, what great variety was available? Uh, mainly Sangiovese with a touch of Nebbiolo. has a bit of that orangey peel to it. It's 2015. Yeah, Sangiovese, I think, is actually a good, great, great variety for rosé. Um, it, I really a, do. It's a £30 bottle of rosé, but it, mm -hmm. it's, the only one I can compare it to in my collection is the Claude de Lombre's rosé. Okay. Or um, Terra Alta rosé coming from Oregon. Both of those you're pricing at about £50 plus to buy here in the UK okay. if you're lucky. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you're actually, it'd be more than that by a mile now. Um, and his one is arguably better, if not on the same level. So the, um, when I say I mean it's a top rosé, I mean it's a top wine. Um, it really drinks. And presumably, it, if it's a top, it, it can age a little bit, maybe. Well, yeah, you're sold it at 2015. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. Yolo, it, it will age. Because, you know, um, that's the issue with rosé that we have. We, you have these amazing varieties. Real, real, real rosé should they, age. Um, yeah, well, like in Bandol, yeah. is, you oh, know, because yeah, they're good using good more verde for those. Much, it's, a, it's a great variety. Well, we have, have the classic Provence rosé that everyone drinks. It's crap because the minute it touches sunlight or the minute it goes opened or the minute it ages for more than six it's months, it loses so much of its flavour. I mean, actually, in by proof that most rosés, especially in a clear bottle, most rosés, except for Clarets or richer, darker mm. colour ones, especially in light bottles, in direct sunlight for a few hours will affect the flavour and ruin them. Um, yeah. So we have a proper one that can age. Yeah. Uh, they're fantastic, a much different experience. They're still rosé, they're still fresh. Still there. Anyway, back to Sangiovese. Yeah, sorry, this is a Sangiovese podcast. We, we can't well, go rosé. That, that was a Sangiovese rosé. We love rose. going off piece. Um, but no, I just want to like to plug because I think it's a real rosé. Uh, but it is made mainly with Sangiovese, 30-70%, Sangiovese, 25% Nebbiolo. Uh, so the Vinamarsan, Sangiovese, he does all of his wines in the traditional Italian style. His Sangiovese is meant to be like a Brunello, meaning from the bottle shape that you guys can see here, everything down to it is meant to be like a Brunello. I don't think the clones he's using are the Brunello to Sangiovese, I think he's using a couple of different Sangiovese clones that are approved, because I don't think that one has been Do you know, actually, there. that's probably something we haven't touched on as well, which is why Sangiovese is getting so much better, because they've done a lot of clonal research yeah. um, over the last few, a few decades, and also, I always remember from when I was a sommelier selling um, Banfi. So we, you met, mentioned um, Brunello de Montalcino. So that is a region much more, um, much kind of, in, you've got the hills of Chianti and then it's a little bit more widespread and flatter in uh, Montalcino. But these wines are bigger. They use the Brunello clone. It, they need more time aging and they're normally more powerful. But it was Banfi, which is actually a Californian uh, family um, who have invested and they've basically been a massive player as well I believe of Starting really identifying yeah. what clones uh, do best um, and, and how and there's something like over a hundred Sangiovese clones and if uh, I'm not around mistaken, that you can choose from. The two best ones were originated in Emilia Romagna which notoriously in Italy makes the easy drinking, very light, not so good Sangiovese. I completely agree with you because Jancis Robinson has read a post, has written, she she probably read it after she wrote it. Someone would have written it. And I'm going to quick, I have it here somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, and she definitely, she says that. And if Jancis Robinson says that, oh, that's true. Then I think that's we it. are okay to agree. And I'll tell you, apparently, the fine, I've got them here. Perfect. Both from Romagna. There you go. Clone R24 and Clone T19. So Sexy for any names. of you wine geeks, <laughs> you need to ask the winemakers in Chianti, um, excuse I'm, I'm, me, are you using T19 I'm or R24? To, uh, I'm going to have to ask Mr. That. Mario what his clones are. Maybe yeah. they are, because if they are the best ones, they may be the ones that first approved that he's got. I mean, whilst I've got clones in front of me, there is a clone that was selected by the University of Florence, and it's called SS59A548. Very romantic name. SS, I mean, SS is an interesting choice for the Italians but, to use. But it's okay. Don't we don't <laughs> we don't we, we don't want to use that clone because Jancis, our friend Jancis here, says it's much tarter and much simpler. So no 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 well, no no. Stick you, with your R24. To be fair, that makes sense. We've seen how the SS like to dress. Hugo Boss. It makes sense. <laughs> but you know, I, but it is true, isn't it? Like um, there's been such advances that if you think about all these different hills, depending on if you're south facing, southeast facing, where you are, you can't plant. I mean, now they've got all these different clones, they realise that some clones actually are better a little bit higher in altitude. If you go too high, you get underripe tannins, I but some I think are that's better a very, I think that's a very important thing. I don't think there's ever, when we start looking at clones, you're never going to find one clone that's better than every other. Because if you go somewhere like British I think Columbia, I just quite clearly gave you well, two of just, the finest clones. I'm sorry, Jancis Robinson said it means it must be fact. Exactly. Um, so if you go to somewhere like British Columbia, where um, you have to have clones that have to be able to survive in certain temperatures, then there, there's certain clones that are the best for British Columbia. Yeah. Vice versa, you went somewhere like um, 
in Argentina, and some of the hot, hot parts of Argentina, there are definitely certain kinds of Melbeck that would do better there than they're going to do in Cahors in France. Yeah. So I'd say it's more about which clone is better for different areas. Mm -hmm. I bet you can find some clone that everyone thinks is really crap, and you find one region where it does really well. The same comes with same comes with terroir. For example, Pinot Noir is not meant to do well in clay, except for when I visit Gaspar. They're like, weirdly enough, our Pinot Noir grows really well in clay. There's always an exception so there's to the rule. All, exactly. So and I think it's a very hard you, one to. Um, you mentioned Pinot Noir. You know, everybody knows that Pinot Noir is the fussy uh, grape of the industry. Really, really awkward. You got you know, it, it mutates, it molds, it, it everything. But actually, Sangiovese is supposed to be very similar to that. It yeah. really is site specific. It is really fussy. Um, it really needs a lot of care, hence why it can also be so bad if it's not done properly. And actually people don't give, I think, Sangiovese the kind of respect it needs for the fact that it really, I mean, it's quite thin-skinned, ironically. It's not, it has lots yeah, of Yeah, it's thin-skinned. You, you can't speak to it now, but badly. You have to be quite nice to it. You, can't you need to it, give yeah. it a lot of love. A lot of love, No, no, yeah. no, for sure. Love. Sangiovese needs um, a lot of love. Cup it gently when you, when you, when you click <laughs> it. That's what it has to do. Um, how, much, how much is this wine? Um, this retails is more on the prices side, so I can figure those up without prices. Uh, it's around forty pounds, forty pounds, forty-five. I think it's forty off the top of my head. From Twisted Cellar, yes, yeah, so we'll self Twisted Cellar, and and, and again, can we just go back? It was Wood Winters, which Wood is Winters. yeah, and you're working for Wood Winters now. I work for them now. Yes, um, joined the family um, about six months ago after leaving the hospitality industry. Well, where did you work previously? We didn't do that. We no, because we, 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 we got excited we with the yeah. sausage, the sausage rolls. rolls. We're forgiven. It's, it's all James's fault. Yeah, where, yeah, right. Where did you work? Uh, started at Maze when, well, Maze Gordon Ramsay when uh, Jason Atherton used to be the chef. <laughs> yeah. when, it was, when it was good. So you, meant, you said Paul Hood, right? You did say Paul Hood. Um, <laughs> And then moved on to the Glass House in Kew and finished off in the best restaurant ever. Shabrus! Cheers to Shabrus because we Cheers. love it. it, is an, that's Actually, an, it that is an industry. Shabrus is one of, one, of my, one of my real guilty things I've wanted to do for so long. Uh, they you do, they and do, you haven't? And you haven't? I haven't been and I feel really bad about it because I lived over in Stockholm for so long as well. Oh my god! I know. How dare you? But a absolute no, my reason, my reason for this is is because most of my other people who work in the industry all lived around Manor House for some goddamn reason and, and you, always went you try getting people who live up north and work in Central no, to go won't. south it's not so for they anyone, won't go down there for it's any of our there. listeners that are not from London because we, uh, we've got we've got a few haven't we uh, uh, we are on about 400 listeners in the UK majority as far as I can tell are from London okay but where are the, some of the cool places outside the um, UK we have quite a large amount in America actually mainly in California interestingly yeah. And a few in New York, plus a few other regions. One in Minnesota. Whoever you are in Minnesota, <laughs> Minnesota, send us a message. Uh, one of my favourite is Kazakhstan. That's what I would. That, there we go. So I'm assuming Borat's sister. Yeah, well, anyone, whoever you are in Kazakhstan, you may not understand the river in London, and it's one of these things that if you live in the north, you're a northerner of London, and if you live in the south, you're you're a southerner, and you do well, not, not quite ever true. It's wherever you move. first, wherever you first make home, because yeah. I now live in the north, and I fucking hate it. Well, yeah, no, 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 you uh, can and I move. I want to go back you, south the minute I can. I you can't, are you so. are one or the other. You can't be like a yeah. London's cool, and it's something you will never understand until you live it in is, London. It's south you or just and then and then it is also a bit east and west as well. Well, anyway, are you hipster or not? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Hipster. Do you drink your wine with bits east. in it or not? If you yeah, like natural so. wine, you need to live in the east. And if you like a slightly premium wine and uh, and you're a yummy mummy, you live in the west. <laughs> anyway. So after Shea Bruce, Shea Bruce, then you have jumped to Woodwinters, where you yeah. can get this wine. Um, and they, I love that they're now taking the London by storm, right? So they're originally yes. from so, up in um, Scotland. Yes, absolutely. So they're originally in Scotland, uh, where they have three shops. And the London office. Wine shops? Yes. In Scotland? Three actual People wine drink shops. wine up in yes. Scotland, not just Buckfast. Buckfast. What, what? Buckfast, I was joking. Buckfast, I don't get Tonic it. Tonic wine, you must know what Buckfast is. Wow, okay, so Buckfast no. is a really famous. You both know what Buckfast is. No, we know what wine is, though. <laughs> right, so Buckfast, no. for my two co hosts, and pretty much everyone else listening to this will know, is what was called tonic wine. It's very famous in Scotland, as it's extremely alcoholic. Don't live in Scotland. Super yeah. cheap, and gets you very drunk as well. You mean like one, one, one buck chuck that they had in California back in the day? That's a whole other kind of thing, one buck cheap chuck. One buck chuck. So for it was one, long, one this, dollar, this was cheap, you could get yeah. the cheapest, shittest wine in but this, California. But this, this similar sort of thing, but this is even worse than this is what you call tonic wine, so it was originally as a medicine and still yeah. was labelled as like so. Pamphlets back in the day. Yeah, okay. and it's that kind of thing where it's like, it's got, it's basically kind of like somewhere between wine and a vermouth, but in it, the worst possible way. And it's kind of like drinking alcoholic Vimto. I won't okay. so. And that um, I'm glad I don't know about yeah. it. And Sarah's happy too. 
You know, I'll tell you what, next time I'm up in Scotland to the head office, I'll ask... You go, can I have a glass of Buckfast, please? No, just a taste. To be honest, I hear Buckfast. I, I don't hear Buckfast, I hear something else, and I'm not even going to mention it because it's inappropriate. What's wrong with you today? <laughs> What's wrong with me? <laughs> anyway. No, 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 no. But well, I just, it always sounds inappropate when you crazy. say Buckfast, so I'm, I, don't, I don't like that word. Um, so, so, how you call me inappropriate at this point. <laughs> so, anyway, so you work for Windows now, so yeah. you actually have Saturdays in general off and Sundays, that must be lovely, with the family. With the family. And you can get that, and then this one, is a definitely this is can super we also premium. talk about we haven't talked about flavour yet actually we've got to skip flavour I like okay flavour wise I know the Italian this opinion, is much richer this is much weightier I can fit whereas the others both I would fit in as medium bodied and have this elegance this is much more about power and there's a weightiness behind it I do think it, it smells a bit new world I think it has sweeter fruit than they are the same they are 14 Fourteen percent alcohol. Fourteen percent alcohol. Oh, and, I, and, I, and I actually disagree with you. So I'd be, I'd, disagree I'd be with really me. interested to put this in a blind taste on Brunello's, and we've done it already two, three times, and no one picks it out. Oh, really? Okay. Um, I think the fruit is a bit riper. Yes. It is riper fruit. But definitely. it is also to do with the vintage as well. I feel. But I also think that for its age, compared, to, we had two thousand twelve. It's got no secondary, no tertiary whatsoever. So it's I still really no. I, don't I think it's young. I I agree with Sarah. It's very young. I don't still. pick the leather, I think the, the, the this mushroom, the, the, the tobacco. No, the girls are on the same savoury. I think it's lovely, juicy fruit, and it's got that nice kind of uh, the cherry notes, and it's almost a little bit floral. It's lifted. But I think it's, and I think that's a positive because it shows that the fact that it's 2013 and it's not showing much tertiary, that it's really got a good overall. That's, that's my point. I think it, it tastes younger than what it is, yeah, yeah. Um, which is the interesting part. But I, think that I love that you're, he's like, fine, I'll accept that, but I don't agree. No, 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 I'm going to take you. He's really, you know, if anyone, because you can't see, he's he's got a bit of a sulky face on. We see it when he's now, he, he got a bit of sulk on when me and Sarah agree with each other. It doesn't have the savoury character. I mean, the. Mine is only one year older than mm -hmm. uh, yours, and uh, Yanina is 2015. This is definitely closer to Yanina's in terms of the fruit, the vibrancy. It's a little bit more plush. It is. And it doesn't have that acidity. It doesn't have that spike of acidity that I expect. I would argue, though, it's more in balance. Would you? Between tanning, I think between tanning and acidity. But you're going to hate me. You can, no, you can no, but you know what? You this know is, me, I like disagreement, I don't want, I don't want to This is a fantastic wine and I like the weight and I like the length and I like the fruit and I think it's going to age really well. So it, it gets a big thumbs up from me. But because when, if I was drinking Sangiovese, the other two are more two. classic and so I would go for the other I, two. I think the, but this is, this is great for aging and for anyone who's slightly more new world anyway and more adventurous, they should go for your one. I think the ironic one though is actually I think the Sarah's is the most Sangiovese. Yeah. By a long shot. Because yeah. I still think Antonori is a very new world style. Hmm. Modern, right? I know their market. <laughs> no, I know. So do you we... Look at Antonori's sales, it's not mainly in Italy or in England, oh, in put Italy. it that way. <laughs> <laughs> it, so, it's just mainly the US. Um, so, so, so do you think Sangiovese is is that one of your great grapes of choice? Um, well, from even that I've chosen it as a topic, yes, totally. totally. Yeah. Your two options were Sangiovese or... No, what was the other option you suggested to us? Oh, there was Unexpected Wines. That's unexpected, it. and we were like, hang on, okay, yeah, because that's... But I don't you were like, it was like, well, I'm doing this one grape variety, or whatever the fuck you like. Because you basically, you probably no. would have brought Sangiovese. I like Sangiovese, and, no, and I think what we've highlighted anyway is that you know what, there is there is so many options with Sangiovese. It is a really interesting grape for anyone who likes things a little bit more savoury, um, but still quite robust. Food pairings, because we talked about sausage rolls. I mean, the lovely acidity, great with tomato pasta I, dishes. I, I think these three are very different though, so you could do very different food pairings. Oh yeah, you could. Well, we literally have like three minutes left to talk about that. We can, we can have a three-course yeah. meal, one for each of those, and just have a... Well, I think each should do each, each other's. I would say for Sarah's, I would say, would be game, venison, something along one of those lines. I think those leathery notes of complexity yeah. would work really yeah, well. Yeah, okay. Definitely game for me. I'd go venison, roasted. Mm -hmm. that, there you go. He's, he's given a, a solid idea. Yeah, I go roasted venison. <laughs> because of that um, kind of more tart, more. I suppose yours was actually the more rustic there, but as this, well. It's, yeah. But Venice is not as fatty. You don't need so much, and I think it's just that more rustic note to it works really well. Well, we put with yours. Yours has a nice kind of like lick of that even sweeter vanilla, and it is richer. Um, and I do have a thing which is a little bit of American oak. In it, I that would make sense. I imagine it's cheaper. Sweeter. I think it's just cheaper. Well, pigeon or pigeon could show up. I like that. Pheasant type of thing. You know those. Again, these are that gamey nose. Gamey nose that need a little bit more generous fruit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think pigeons are a good shout, actually. Nice. 
Uh, to be honest, so, uh, to be honest, we've got so many different options. And then again, to be honest, I would also like this. I mean, with some, you know, like sausage casserole dish or something with kind of a little bit of kind of lots of onions and stuff like that, where it's not too, it's not, it doesn't, it's not so crazy fatty and rippy, but actually quite just a juicy round. I, I would put that with this. I, quite, I don't know. There's so many options. To yours, I feel lamb. Lamb, okay. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I can't remember lamb. now. That was like three, three. <laughs> I, I need to go back to it. I need to go back to it. Actually, um, and also I just think for everybody, in terms of um, one thing we haven't mentioned, because for the educational part of Sanchevesi, Tuscany is obviously the main area that people are famous for. We haven't mentioned all the other areas. We've got Brunello. The Montalcino. Yes. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, 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 go, no, no, no. I'm like handing off and then saying. Oh, so, no, no, no. John, 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 would you like to say one? The Nobile de Montalcino. Yeah. Then what else have we got? Nobile de Montalcino. Well, obviously Chianti, where the majority is still Sangiovese. Um, what's it call it in um, Morellino de Scanzano, which gives very good value but very earthy styles. And that's but that's because it's and it's also much closer to the coast, isn't it? As well, yeah. so they're bigger, bigger styles. They're bigger, they're warmer. And of course, um, the odd one out is Bulgari. Oh, okay. In the yes, uh, can't forget Sasakaya. So it's yeah, uh, Maramar. With they again Maramar Sasakaya. So the Maramar and obviously, but that's where Marino. it's not. That's where oh, our coastal. It's, yeah, they're, they're, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's actually just so you're Morellino above it, which is much more traditional Italian, very Sangiovese based. I think eighty five percent, eighty percent, eighty percent again. While when you go just underneath, you have Maramar and Bulgari which is the home of Super Tuscans. And Sasakaya, as we've mentioned, which actually deserves a little mention, is the original Super Tuscan. So Tignanello almost kind of oh, followed... You're, you're, you're insulting Tignanello fans now, because Tignanello and Sasakaya were almost we're, exactly the same time. So no, Sasakaya so, gets all the credit, but Tignanello is actually... So Tignanello the came family, out in... The, the vintage was 1971, I think? It's, it's one year and difference. It's one year difference. So, but and they were doing it separately without talking to each other, really weirdly. Well, you say it separately without talking to each other, but same I know family. that it was the same family. But not, not close parts of the family, very big family. So, um, quite clearly the yeah, Antinori family in general are just people that oh, yeah, want to because, go against the grain. Because if Italians are doing something, they would tell the rest of their family about it immediately and not keep it a secret. Well, that's because all the Italians just want to like, like complain about it. But it was, it was done in a very different way, which is obviously with Sasakai, it was um, the Marquise, I cannot remember his name um, now, it was a Marquise. Inciso della Rocchetta. Thank yeah, you. There we go. Ask um, Marquise Inciso della Rocchetta. That was too hard. Inciso della Rocchetta. Yeah, see? Um, he, he was originally making wine himself, he loved Bordeaux, he was just doing it for himself. Yeah. It was his nephews who were Antonori. Yes. Who then came along, tried the wine, like, this is fantastic, we should sell this. And then pushed it. And then they pushed, 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 him, it. pushed him to bottle it and sell it, and I believe the first vintage that he put on sale was 68, if I want to say. See, that's definitely and then 71. Tignanello, it was over 68, 69, I believe. So that's why but they went on no, first. But they went on sale very similar times. Yeah. Tininello was a thought-out idea to make a wine like that. I love and it. to blend it. Let's, so it's different. Listen, really. The point is, but um, same, same Sassakaya, we're also forgetting uh, Ornolaya. That's another amazing super yeah, Ornolaya was in the 80s. That was later, but you know. And that was, um, Sassakaya and Ornolaya are the two that if anyone Orna has a lot of money, yeah. go and grab actually, yourself Actually, Ornolaya, Ornolaya, actually Tininello and Ornolaya for... For where they kick, where they where they're kicking ass in the region of wines they they're in, they're a lot cheaper than Gaia. Oh gosh, yeah. And they're a lot cheaper than the Californian counterparts. And Gaia, by the way, is in Piemonte, so that's in a Barolo Barbarossa region. Well, Gaia, that's Gaia is also day. Gaia also has a Brunello, which is. And he, well, you know, yeah, he makes wines in the Maramara as well. Yeah, they Maramara have a different well. project. But okay. we now Sorry. we digress, and we run out of time, guys. So we've got lots of wine to drink, and hopefully for any of you guys who have never tried Sangiovese, you are now excited to do so Just so cheers guys cheers some. thank you Sarah for coming cheers. on thank you and join us again for another episode you need some more sausage <laughs> <laughs>